Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, friends, welcome to the Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I'm Haley and joined by my regular co hosts, Charlie and Miguel. But today we have an incredibly special guest. I'd say our best guest yet. No, I'm joking. Or, may, or maybe not. <laughs> Give me a shot here. <laughs> Alexis Tykemiller, who many of you, if you are regular listeners, have listened or have heard us reference her name. If you aren't familiar with us, she used to be on our team here at ConvertKit. So there's a lot of inside jokes. She's one of my favorite people in the world. And welcome, Alexis. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with three of my favorite people in the world. Aww. So. This is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Just right before the call, Charlie was talking about how she hasn't talked to Alexis in a while. Miguel, you know, same thing. So it's going to be quite the reunion. And we are going to get to hear some wisdom from Alexis because after, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted her on this podcast so much, is because after she left us at ConvertKit, still heartbroken about it, but it's been what? Two years? Almost two years? No. What? Girl, it's been a year. It's been one year. (laughs) It feels like five. Okay. (laughs) So sorry. Okay. I lied. It has been one year. And in that year, Alexis has been focusing on kind of crafting and dreaming up the career of her dreams. And I want to talk about that. It's been a long journey for her. So Alexis, why don't you start by just giving us like the quick high level overview of what you're doing now, and then we'll get into it. Yeah. So I started a company when I left ConvertKit called Deeper Life. And there's really two core segments and two ways I serve people. One side is I do one-on-one coaching for millennial women, specifically focused on emotional growth through life transitions. So relationships, career transitions, really just helping them navigate change or helping them take those big steps to make those changes. And the other side of the deeper life business is I actually am a marketing consultant and I work with brands and businesses to help them go deeper with their customer base and really start thinking Mm. deeper around how they're serving and how they're communicating with their community. I mean, is this not just the most perfect job for Alexis? Obviously, the three (laughs) of us know her, but I can't tell you a single time I got on the phone with Alexis and just talked just business. Okay, maybe a few times, but everything that she does, she does with intention. You know, she's like, well, let's let's better understand that. Let's go a little (laughs) bit deeper. Deeper life obviously means something very specific to her and her business because that is like who she is as a person and what she is most important to her. But I'm curious, tell us the story about how like you leave ConvertKit, right? And you kind of go through a couple iterations Mm -hmm. of what this business actually is. I'd love to hear like where you were at right when you left and what work you had done before you were leaving Mm -hmm. to prepare for that. Like, I'm out. (laughs) Peace. Love (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Love y'all. To ultimately like the iterations of what that went through and where you are today. Right. So I like the biggest piece of advice in your career whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is to do an evaluation every six months of where you're at. And so every six months, I always checked in with myself and said, how am I doing? How am I feeling in this job? How, how do, do I like where I live? You know, how's my relationship with my partner? How's my spiritual health, my mental health, my physical health? Like just this really intentional pause every six months, because if you don't do that, sometimes you look back and like three years has passed and you're like, I'm actually not happy. Or I've actually been pausing on this dream for way longer than I thought I wanted to. And so I went through one of those intentional pauses and realized that my time at ConvertKit was just coming to an end. And 
what did I want to do to set myself up in order to phase out into something? Because I knew that I could not leave ConvertKit and go work for someone else. Like if I was going to leave, it was always going to be to run my own business. And I know that all three of you knew that too. Like if I were to ever leave, I just, ConvertKit was such a unicorn, beautiful place to work. And so I just, I always knew it was going to be to start something else. So I knew, okay, my my time is coming to leave. I feel the inner tension. I'm very aware of that. Now I have to go build something. And so I started out just really small and built the Deeper Life podcast. And I say small, meaning like that's a pretty low barrier to entry. It doesn't really cost a lot of money to start a podcast. And I just wanted to start getting my ideas out there and start building this community around what a deeper life means. So that was like step one. And then I launched this, which could have been a failure, You could classify this as a failure, but actually it's what led me into one-on-one coaching. I wanted to launch this four-week group coaching experience and I had one person sign up. So I actually just asked that individual, this was supposed to be a group format, but would you actually want to do one-on-one with me? And we met for four weeks, one-on-one, and it changed my life. And it changed hers too. Like I'm thankful for that, but it changed my life because I didn't realize how powerful one-on-one coaching is and really getting in and digging into that, that intimate, deep listening and questions that it really digs into someone's story and helps them unlock where they want to go next. It had nothing to do with me and everything to do with the client. And that's what I loved too. You know, sometimes when you're building your own business, you're putting yourself out there a lot. It's a lot about you and your vision and your brand. And I love that one-on-one coaching is like 100% focused on the individual and that has nothing to do with me. So that was like something that kind of unlocked like, maybe I could be a coach. And then that was when I started building out the coaching business model and like, what would that look like? And pricing and certification and training and things like that. However, when I left ConvertKit, I also took, I wouldn't say it was a mistake, but I ended up doing some affiliate management consulting. And it was my first time ever doing like a big, big consulting job. And I learned a lot from that. I also learned how to set better boundaries too in that. And what if I wanted to work with clients one-on-one on on the marketing side or on the affiliate management side, which is what I did with ConvertKit, what would that actually look like? And what are those boundaries? And what do I actually want to be doing? And how long do I want to be doing it? So I think that kind of iteration of marketing consulting and coaching, it was really as a result of putting myself out there and experimenting. And I can't stress that enough. Like everything is an experiment, every launch, every social media post, every email you send, it's an experiment. And it's a way to gather more information to either affirm I'm headed in the right direction or, hey, I might need to pivot here. Mm. I'm curious to hear more about the consulting side of things and how that came to be, you know, a core part of what you offer, even if it's not a core part of what you promote as part of your business. Um, And maybe we can get into that too. Sure. But it feels like the coaching really gave you a lot. It obviously gave your client a lot too. And I know that since then there's been more lives you've been able to touch and help through that. Why not go all in on the coaching? Why have the consulting like marketing side of things as well? That's a good question. So coaching, you know, when you're building a coaching practice and you're working with clients one on one, it's not always a sustainable guaranteed revenue that's coming in every single month. And there was something about I'm on retainer. I have four retainer clients that I do a set amount of work for every single month. There's something about that that relieves a little bit of the pressure so that Mm. when it comes to the way I market or the way that I connect with people online, it can be really genuine. It doesn't come from this place of scarcity of like, 
how am I going to be able to pay my bills? It comes from this place of, well, I know that this part of the business is bringing in X amount every single month. And so I can guarantee that that's happening. So then I don't have this scarcity mind over here as I'm trying to grow the coaching practice. So I do think that eventually I will probably phase out the marketing consulting side, but I don't know. I still love it. It's hard to walk away from. Talk to me about the realities of that, though, because like how it would be really easy for you to move into like a full time contracting type role, especially financially. Like, how do you balance saying like, well, this is taking up too much of my time. It's taking time away from my full time hustle or Alexis Tyke Miller, the deeper life. How do you balance the two? And how often are you like self-checking what that looks like? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say I am self-checking weekly. Like on a weekly basis, when I'm looking at my calendar, I'm asking, does my calendar feel representative of my priorities and my priorities in my business? And if I can feel that tinge. So about a month ago, I capped, okay, I'm not going to take on any more marketing consulting clients. I'm only going to have four. I'm not going to take on any more. And then I just know that that's going to be there. That's settled. And then I can just continue to focus on the coaching business. So I do think that it's something that you know, always being aware and checking in and asking yourself, does the way I'm spending my time, does it actually align with what I say I want and what I say I want to build, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can say that we want to build things and we can say that we want to create things, but if our calendars don't actually reflect that, then it's really difficult for us to make that next step forward if we're not like tangibly taking the time to do it. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's like another thing to run decisions through, you know, is, okay, this opportunity has come my way, which I'm sure is how most of your marketing clients have happened yeah people just know you're talented at this stuff and have reached out asking for your help right the same thing probably happens to a lot of other creators you know whether it's brand deals coming through or like opportunities to do a course with this platform or whatever like right now i'm just like basically reading my own email inbox but (laughs) you know all of these things and these opportunities that come up you have to decide if they're right for you right now and also for your future. So I think your approach to things is really smart, knowing that this is a great opportunity to make sure that I've got the stability Mm -hmm. so I can like do the other part of my business how I want to. I love that. You've got your bases covered, but that also you've put a cap on it so that it doesn't become the whole thing. Mm Because I'm sure, like Haley said, it very easily could. It could. Like I could very easily have my own agency right now. And I don't say that with arrogance at all. It's just there's a lot of possibility on that side. And I recognize that and I recognize the potential, but I don't want that potential. When we're Mm -hmm. identifying all of our different options, right, all of our different opportunities that are ahead of us, there's infinite amount of things that we could do or things that we could go after or investigate. But at the end of the day, if it still doesn't align with, well, this is still the direction I think at my core my like innermost self knows this is the direction I want to go. Well, then all that stuff really doesn't matter. Like it's kind of irrelevant. And mm-hmm. so that's why the overthinking patterns or, you know, well, I, mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed. I have decision fatigue. That is very real as an entrepreneur because you have so many things coming at you and so many options that it can almost kind of paralyze you where you don't do anything at all. And I've definitely had seasons where I experienced that as well. And another filter I run through is, is it going to be fun? I don't do things that aren't fun. That's why she's on this podcast. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) This is going to be fun. And if my reaction is it not, this isn't going to be hard, right? Is it going to be fun? Because fun things are still hard. Hiking is fun, but it is freaking hard. You know, like (laughs) I think that uh, that's also helped me again, back to my values and the alignment there. If it's not fun, I don't want to do it. 
It's funny. We actually had an episode two episodes ago where we talked about the kind of filters that we put things through. And Mm. fun essentially boils down one of the filters, which was, are you passionate or like curious about something enough to want to be doing this for a while? Because if you're going to be doing this for a while and you're going to be chasing this, it better be at least pique your interest. Because at some point you don't want to wake up one day and decide Mm -hmm. what hole did I go down? How do I crawl myself out of here? Because I don't like what I'm doing. I'm not having fun. I don't get excited to work anymore. So I think it's really cool that you look at something and you acknowledge that it has potential, but you ultimately decide that you don't want to do that because it doesn't meet your requirements, your filters that you decide what to do in. So I think that's really cool. Right. I think the elements of play and creativity kind of bring out that fun factor too. You know, is this going to engage my playful side? Am I going to get to really like dig into the sandbox here? then the answer is most likely always going to be yes. But if I feel like things are rigid and boxy, my answer is going to be no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to go on that a little further, I love that you brought that up because we were referencing pretty heavily. Alexis, I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Adam Grant. Oh, yeah. I listen to his podcast. Yeah, he's great, right? So a lot of what you're saying actually reminds me of some of the stuff he talks about. And oh, cool. one of those things is he, he talks about doing regular checkups uh, like you were talking about because- just like you go to the doctor for a regular checkup, sure, you go to the doctor if you hurt your ankle or you're sick or whatever, but it's so important just to go to the doctor for your checkup, even when nothing's wrong, because that's kind of, right. you, you go there and just be like, hey, I'm just going to have my yearly physical just to make sure that there isn't anything that maybe may be asymptomatic, but there's something might be wrong under the surface that you got to catch that baseline and make sure that everything's okay. And, you know, that you're doing that professionally. And I'm sure you get a lot of benefits, like from a mental health perspective on just scheduling the fact that I'm going to take a step back and take a look at my life and make sure everything's aligned and not wait for a giant car crash for me to take inventory of what's working, what's not. My life is on fire, you know, so. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. It's that intentional awareness where you're stepping back and you're being a witness to your Mm -hmm. life. So you're kind of removing Mm -hmm. like this innermost self. You're taking a step back and you're kind of witnessing and watching it unfold and saying what elements of this really align with the kind of life I'm wanting to build and what elements of this actually are causing a lot of inner tension. They're causing heightened emotions. They're causing stress in my relationships and my career financially. And then you can kind of start to circle these areas of life that you maybe need to do more work on, maybe more healing, or maybe you need to have some hard conversations or maybe even just, you know, take a step back and remove your yourself from the situation altogether. Yeah. Alexis, do you find that the majority of clients that you work with are all also entrepreneurs or trying to become entrepreneurs? What is like the breakdown of your customers look like or your clients look like? Yeah. I'm so glad that you asked this because six months ago I would have said, yeah, that makes so much sense that I would attract other female entrepreneurs. But actually I have attracted the working professional woman. And I love that. She might have a side hustle, But I would say around 70% of my clients have full-time jobs and are looking to advance in their career, looking to build more confidence within their career. And they might have dreams to launch something long-term, but right now they're really focused on that career that they're building right now. And so that that was really surprising. Really? I I love that. Definitely (laughs) was not, would not have guessed that. And I actually love it. Like, I love that because I relate to that so much, too. That's been a big part of my story and Mm -hmm. how I advanced at ConvertKit and how I used my voice and fought for things on behalf of the team or on behalf of the brand or things I believed in. And being able to help other women navigate that in their own jobs has been 
really meaningful to me, but also really powerful for them to make those next steps that they need to make. Mm. I love that you can bring that experience that you had at ConvertKit as well to helping your clients too. Just like it all comes full circle, right? It all connects. It all belongs. Okay. So talk through the, like the rings of your business as well. And then from like a monetary perspective, if you're comfortable going there, like where your monetization like breaks down and then why you spend certain time in each of those things. Cause the majority of listeners on this podcast are entrepreneurs, right? And so as they're preparing to, let's say, whether they are in a side hustle or full-time hustle, you know, it's like, where did you spend the majority of your time early on? Was it like that consulting side of things? Or like, how did you earn your first dollar as Alexis Tyke Miller, emotional growth coach, helping millennials, you know, so on and so on? I actually earned my first dollar doing consulting. Like two weeks out, mm-hmm. leaving my job, was building the website, like still focusing on the deeper life brand, but I also have really enjoyed being behind the scenes on businesses as well. And I think it in a way like really adds a lot of value to my clients, like in just so many different ways. But I would say from a revenue breakdown, there are a couple core areas I spend my time. One is my marketing consulting clients. I would say right now about 65% of my revenue comes from marketing consulting. And then the other portion would be from affiliate. I want to interrupt here really quick. And I'm just going to highlight this because this is like back context that I feel like I know. But Alexis is one of the most engaging people that I know. And if you've ever been at a conference with her, like this girl walks, she's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Can I have your number? She would have been great (laughs) on the episode where we talking about networking, right? Because she is like a queen. Maybe we should do a repeat with Alexis on that. Yes, (laughs) you're a great networker. And the reason why I bring this up is because even though she was working at ConvertKit, but she has such a big, vibrant personality. And that's not to say that you can't do this if you don't have a big, vibrant personality. It's just to say that she built relationships while she was working at ConvertKit that Mm -hmm. impacted her entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. career. So a lot of these consulting clients that she's worked with are people that she met and she built relationships while working at ConvertKit. And I just think that that's an important thing to note because there was a lot of intentionality that went into that. It's not like she was sitting there thinking, I'm going to leave ConvertKit someday and you're going to pay me. That was definitely not happening in my mind. (laughs) But building relationships is an intentional, you have to be really intentional about that. And that's something that I've always watched you excel at. And so I just wanted to call that out. Thank you very much. And I do think that's a big element. And also a lot of the skills I was building at ConvertKit as an affiliate manager are very sought after by other SaaS companies and other online businesses who are trying to grow referral programs or affiliate programs. And so my four years of expertise on that very niche thing within the online world also really added a lot of value to specific clients who were willing to pay a lot of money. That was another thing too is pricing out my expertise and my value. That's like a whole Mm. other conversation around pricing. But I am such a big believer in like, I will ask for the highest number that I am comfortable with knowing that I can deliver at that number. But I learned honestly working at ConvertKit that when you undercharge, you you undervalue yourself and your own worth. And so like right out of the gate, I was able to secure a contract making double what I made at ConvertKit in a month. (laughs) That was because of expertise. That was because of connections I had made. But I would say back to like revenue breakdown, I would say like 60 to 65% comes from marketing consulting. And then I would say 30% comes from coaching. And then the other 5% comes from affiliate income. That just kind of varies based on, you know, what I'm promoting and things like that. But in terms of ways I spend my time, the podcast really helps me. It's like Pat Flynn says this, like 
having a podcast is one of the quickest ways to build intimacy with your community. Like, and you know this, listening to someone's voice, getting to know them. It's just a way to really connect with people. And so that has been massive for my one-on-one coaching business because women listen to the show and they really trust me and they really feel connected to me and I feel relatable and they're and I am relatable and like I'm their friend you know and so they come to me and they automatically share really really vulnerable stuff like we're not breaking down walls I think that the podcast does that for me and then Mm. when they're when they're on -on one-on-one coaching or I have that first clarity call or inquiry call it's just like we get right into it because they have all this context of me and the way I hold space for people and the way I take what people share with me very seriously and confidentially and and really just hold space for their emotions in a place where it's not always safe to go out and be emotional about what's going on in your life, you know, and and that's why having that support is so important. So that's why I spend a lot of time building the podcast. And then on Instagram, this is another conversation as well of like, marketing yourself on Instagram. And I'm still learning that too. But I would say all of my clients have come from Instagram and I've connected with them all via DM before they ever book a call with me. Hmm. That's how I've built my one-on-one coaching business is through through that. And how many followers do you have on Instagram? Like just under 8,000. This is what I love. I love that you have built a business from an audience of about 8,000 on Instagram. I feel like there's this perception that like you need hundreds of thousands or millions to be earning money through social media. Right. And it's like, yeah, if you maybe if you wanna make your full-time thing brand deals, you need that because those are the numbers brands care about. Right. But you know, it depends on the content you're putting out, you know? Yeah. And you've got a really mm-hmm. highly engaged audience on Instagram and that's what right. leads to those one-on-one coaching sales. I love that. Completely agree. I wanna hear about the future of these revenue streams. So this is what the breakdown is now looking like that 60, 65% consulting, 30% coaching, 5% affiliates. Is there new revenue streams you wanna add in future? Or like, yeah, what are some ways you wanna change that up going forward? Yeah, well, I'm in the process right now of creating my first live event. It's gonna be in January. So events, retreats are something I've always had such a heart for and I wanna, really start making that happen. So I've already got my venue secured and my dates and I've got speakers in mind. But yeah, I'm really excited about building that out. So that'll be one ongoing revenue stream, you know, that might still be a smaller slice of the pie, but still an area that I want to invest intentional time and energy trying to grow. But we all know from hosting craft and commerce how expensive and time consuming hosting events are. <laughs> so, yes, yes, um, we do. <laughs> I don't know if that'll always be profitable, but it'll be it'll be in alignment. <laughs> yeah. I'd also really like to like my long term goal is to write a series of journals. So I want to do a journal on rest, like a deeper life It will be like the main journal name. But then there'll be all these sub journals. So one on rest, one on forgiveness, one on healing, one on clarity, one on dreams and start releasing those. That's like a pretty big dream of mine. And then also writing books as well. And that's always been something I've wanted to do, too. But on the marketing consulting side, it's interesting. There's like this split of me. You know, like there's this side that the AlexisTeichmiller.com, the, you know, the deeper life, that stuff. And that's so meaningful. And then there's this marketing consulting slash business development, like helping businesses grow that I'm very interested in. And like just to break down the differences 
in my marketing consulting clients. For one, I am a, a series producer and host for a brand. For one, I do affiliate marketing, coaching, and consulting for a SaaS company. One, I do business development for a small business and help them think about events and how to grow their membership. And then the other, I'm helping build an app. And so they're all so different. So different. <laughs> My creative brain every time I do, and I, I know that's context switching too, but there's a lot of context switching there. But I love that. And so I, I could see that always being 40 to 50%, but always a small, very curated number of marketing clients. That's kind of the future there. Mm. Oh, it definitely flexes a different skill set for sure, but it also maybe it's not the main thing or the thing that drives the most revenue, but it's just this thing that you have a, like a passion for. Yeah. I love talking to my friends about their business ideas and being like, oh, what if you did this? What if you did this? And then you not having to be the person that like does it. You know, you're just <laughs> strategizing about how they could do it or what they should do. And then they take your idea and go implement it. Mm -hmm. What a dream pretty nice. I like that. <laughs> I wanted to kind of back up a tiny bit because I'm trying to see this through the lens of somebody who might be starting out. And I think it's very interesting that you've identified that there's a part of your business that to some extent kind of keeps you afloat and keeps you sort of have a constant revenue stream, but you've chosen to kind of mm -hmm. cap that off to leave room for more passion projects and things that really excite you. And that might obviously not be something that everyone has the luxury to do. So right. I just wonder how you get good at sort of managing that and deciding when you actually have that luxury to sort of like say no to work and draw that line and leave yourself enough room right. to do the stuff that you're really excited about. Mm -hmm. Because some people, you know, obviously don't have the luxury to say no to work, especially if they're going full into something. Of course. They have something coming in that could potentially bring some money. Obviously, you're not going to say no to something like that. But at some point, you do have to decide where that line is or else you'll just be stuck doing something yeah. you don't like forever. Such an important discussion, Miguel, and I'm so glad that you brought it up. The position that I'm in with my business is a privilege. And I feel like that's a really important thing. And when we talk about quitting your job, quitting your full-time job and starting a business, there's this romanticized element of yeah. that, that yeah. like we talk about it and you see it online. And I was really upfront with my audience about this, you know, last year when I quit, I would not have been able to quit if it was not for my husband's income, period. Like wow. we were able to subsidize my income because he took a job and works in a different country. And so those are the sacrifices that we're making as a family so that I can go pursue this. So when I am building this business, that's something that lives in the back of my mind, like what a privilege, what a privilege. And what am I going to do with that privilege too? How am I going to steward that in the best mm -hmm. possible way? And so when it comes to that revenue breakdown, I realize that as much as I enjoy marketing consulting, that's never going to be the starstruck, like the personal starstruck dream, you know, for yeah. me. And so that's why at some point, and Matthew, my husband, had a really honest conversation with me. He said, you know, you wanted to build this deeper life business and I keep seeing you take on marketing consulting clients. Hmm. Now, I know that that is where more revenue is for you right now, but how are you setting Deeper Life back by not focusing more on Deeper Life now and trying to build up your coaching practice? And so that was just 
private conversation I had with my partner who was calling that out on me. And he recognized my scarcity mindset of, well, are we going to have enough? And he goes, you know, we're okay right now to where if you want to say no to some things, now is the time to do that. And I think just having Mm -hmm. those open conversations with your partner or yourself and kind of figuring out where that line is for you. But in terms of, you know, the slice of the pie, if you were to even look at it in that way, think about how much of your work is what you have to do because you have to make money and how much of your work is the work that you were born to do that like lights your soul on fire. When you get in a room with a whiteboard, you can't stop that kind of work. And then ask yourself based on your income and based on your bills and and all those kinds of responsibilities, where does that pie need to be right now? And then where are you working for it to be? You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, here's where I might be. I might be 70% doing things I don't like and 30% doing things that light my entire soul on fire. Okay. In the next 18 months, let's set a realistic goal. In the next 18 months, instead of 70-30, let's try 50-50. Let's see if I can close that gap. And then over time, just continuing to close that percentage gap. And I think that's a more realistic long-term way of looking at that instead of this like, I got to replace my full-time income like that. That's not everyone's reality. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that it's really important to emphasize the fact that you said 18 months and you said, let's set a realistic goal. Like nothing happens overnight and 18 months, even in 18 months, right? That might not even be enough time, you know? So like you talk about the amount of time that it takes you if you're not an entrepreneur, the amount of time that it takes you to grow a career. Like there's not a job out there that exists that doesn't say, you know, for a mid-level job, five to eight years experience, right? So like just keep that in mind and perspective that things don't happen overnight and, you know, anything that's worth having takes time, right? So. Right. And I do think it's important. I feel like I'm talking a lot about the things that have worked and the things that have gone well. And I just want to highlight In January of this year, I made $0. I lost money. Yeah, I literally brought in zero amount of revenue in January. Because last fall, I took on that big marketing consulting client. It was my only paid client. And then I thought to myself, well, this is just all I'm worth. Like, I'm just Hmm. good at affiliate management. That's all I'm good at. That's all I'm ever going to be good at. It's all anyone ever is going to want to hire for me. And this is just my life. So I went through a dip, a pretty big dip. And, you know, I struggle with depression. And I think that when your identity and your worth gets all kind of mixed up in your career and you have to start reevaluating what your worth is to you as an individual, not to someone else, I had to completely restructure my mindset. And that's why in January, I just stopped doing everything. Again, a privilege, like a massive privilege to stop doing everything. And I hired a business coach to help me refocus Mm -hmm. and realize and almost reintroduce myself to my power. You know, like we are all very powerful people. We all have choices. There are things in our control and out of our control. And I realized that the things that were in my control, I wasn't taking ownership for. And I was just letting these old narratives get in my mind and keep me in a really dark, stuck place. And It took me a couple months to get out of that. And then I started slowly getting out of the red, you know, but I just feel like that's a really important part of 
my journey to share and there's a lot more there too but just to kind of condense it I think that we all go through those things it's really easy to sit here and talk about the things that are going well right now but nine months ago they weren't yeah welcome to the deeper life (laughs) yeah (laughs) Chris in the chat actually said something Mm -hmm. very similar what you said which was he was talking to his wife about needing to take a vacation for some time away to reset his side hustle I feel like in some ways that's kind of what your January was like, kind of like just it hit the pump, the brakes. Let me just like get inventory It's like one of those checkups we were talking about. It's just like, hang on a second. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. If I keep going down this road, I'm going to end up in a place that I'm going to be very unhappy. So hang on a sec. So totally. And I, I didn't actually do that. I jumped right from ConvertKit into working with another company pretty full time and I didn't give myself a break. You know, I thought, oh, I need to prove myself. I need to prove mm-hmm. that I made the right decision. I need to prove that I can make money. You know, there was something about prior to being married, like, and this gets into a lot of other things as well, but like being a working professional woman, making a really good salary and and working really, really hard and hustling my ass off at this company, like my worth was really tied into that. And I didn't realize how much I had tied my worth to how much money I made too. Hmm. And so then when you go from making money to not making money, you know, I literally was like, am I worth anything? You know, and that's where, wow, what a scary question. What a real question. But what a scary question to ask yourself. And that's where, like, like you said, Meeks, just taking that time to really dig in and do that inventory work, kind of give yourself a life Hmm. audit. And I realized, like, girlfriend, you need to re-engage with your power. Like, (laughs) we needed to suck ourselves back and realize, like, who we are. And that takes time. (laughs) That's not something that we just do all the time. Yeah, there's an immense amount of pressure. There's so many things I love about this. One thing you mentioned, hiring a business coach. I feel like sometimes people have or like we have these ideas that like, okay, well, when we're ready to quit our jobs, that's when we we know what we're doing next, you know, and we know we're like, we're ready to take that leap and we go into it and we're more on our own from then on, you know, <laughs> but you recognized that you needed help to yeah. get through this and get to the next stage. And you invested in yourself and in your business in that way. I just wanted to call that out. That was big because like in that I booked an eight week intensive with my business coach, Jake Kelfer could not recommend him enough. And in that eight weeks, we were able to dig through so much dirt that I was able to book seven clients, seven one-on-one paid clients in eight weeks because I had someone in my corner being like, Alexis, look at yourself in the mirror and remind yourself of who you are. And just getting that support and having someone believe in you in that way, it starts to rebuild that confidence and that security of like, I can freaking do this. But when it's just you, right, you're in your room on with your computer, you're like, I don't really, can I do this? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so important to, um, how can I say this? You have so much pressure on you coming from so many different angles. There's financial pressure because mm-hmm. you don't longer have that yeah. cushy salary that you had. Yeah. You have the pressure of, well, if if my partner is supporting me, I want to do right by that sacrifice and that support and make sure that I come through. So, you know, you're just kind of beating yourself up in every possible way, because like, if I don't start bringing in money and I'm just like riding off the coattails of someone else's work, then you just like, it's real easy to get down in a real dark place with that. Right. And that amount of pressure can be crippling to say the least. I've been in the place where my partner had to fully support me while I was transitioning from being 
a teacher into coding. And there was, I don't know, the better part of a year where I wasn't a teacher mm -hmm. and I wasn't a coder. I was somebody's burden. And I did my best to kind of like do odd mm -hmm. jobs on the side and build Ikea furniture for people and like, you know, do handyman stuff. And we made it work. But that entire time, there was just that fire under you that you're just like, I need to succeed. Failure is not an option here. You can turn that pressure into into something positive, but it definitely helps to have someone in your corner reminding you to, you can do it, it's okay. Like every day that goes by that you aren't quote unquote succeeding isn't a failure, just as long as you're working towards something. Right, one step at a time. Yeah. I think that we could probably go on and on and on and make and this- deeper and, deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> But we are almost at 45 minutes and I obviously value Alexis's time. And so thank you so much for coming on to this. I think that this was just our podcast, but it was a very brief, brief, just like scratch on the surface of all the things that you can offer your clients. So if any of you are interested, you know, go check out Alexis or follow her on Instagram, check out alexistykemiller.com. She is also launching a free something Alexis, pitch yes. it. <laughs> free something. We love free things. <laughs> okay, friends, if you are feeling overbooked, overcommitted, and overwhelmed, I am hosting a deep reset challenge to really help you refocus and reset and kind of realign. You know, we're busy. Life, especially now, and has continued to prove itself very crazy and, and very overwhelming. And so, in the middle of all that, where is there time for you to focus on where you're headed? And so I'm hosting a deep reset challenge. It's 21 days. It's free. It includes daily journal prompts, a private Facebook group where I'll be going live twice a week. And then also includes three free group coaching calls as well, where we can coach you through some challenges or some mindset shifts that you're wanting to unblock. So if that sounds like something that you need, would love to see you there. And the URL for any audio listeners is alexistykemiller.com slash reset. Yes. Thank you for coming in with that, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure we get all the people possible. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And it does start September 25th. So you have about nine, 10 days to sign up. Or whatever number of days it is by the time you listen to this. Right, right, right. Thank you. We are not just live. This is also a recording. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Honestly, I think I'm going to join it myself. So I'm going to head on over to that URL after we hang out from this call. Amazing. Awesome. All right, friends. Thank you so much, Alexis, as always. Thank you for being the vibrant person that you are and for offering so much of your wisdom. We love you. Thank you. And we will see you next week on Wednesday at whatever time we usually start start which is 12 30 eastern <laughs> 12 30 eastern bye friends bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of the future belongs to creators if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week and while you're at it leave us a review on apple podcasts we'd love to hear what you think of the show if you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. 
So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.